Hello, people of Earth, and welcome back to Good Humans. My name is Josh, and this is a podcast about exploring better ways to be human. Um, as if you didn't already know it was a podcast, you're already listening, so I didn't need to tell you that. Branding, am I right? Um, welcome back. I'm so happy you guys are here. Uh, I'm excited to talk about uh, our subject material today. Guys, I'm freaking excited in general. Um, I've had some really good conversations this week uh, with some really good people. Um, I have lined up uh, some really, really good humans uh, to be... Did you hear how I said that word, humans? I've, I've lined up some really good humans uh, to be on the podcast, um, including uh, one guy that's local here that has a company um, that's actually very involved um, in uh, some causes um, in the area uh, and across the, the country. So I'm really excited to talk about him um, and get into what he's doing. Um, another guy I've known for a long time, um, and uh, he's, uh, he's in the, uh, I guess you would say, digital marketing space. Um, he works a lot with uh, local breweries, um, but uh, I read a post of his the other day um, where he was talking about being an unconventional employee. Um, so that caught my eye right away. Um, and he was talking about how he started his career uh, working for nonprofits and realized very early on that following your passion um, is often the most healthy choice and can lead to some pretty interesting, um, uh, I, I guess you could call it career um, paths, um, but really just some, some interesting uh, things in life as well. So I'm excited to talk to him. I got a few other people lined up. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm very, very excited, um, uh, to talk to some of these people. So those episodes will be coming soon. Um, I've got one scheduled for this week, uh, and then, uh, over the next couple of weeks, um, I'll be having, uh, some of those people on and introducing them to you. Um, and I hope you like them as much as I do, um, cause they're great. Um, I also have to say, uh, thank you so much to everyone that has been so kind lately about the podcast. Um, some of my coworkers um, and a few other people uh, come to mind that um, just really like it. I, I feel like I say this every week, but it's it still blows my mind that I record a thing and, and put it on the internet and then people actually choose. They listen to it by choice, um, which is crazy to me. So um, I really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate the kind words uh, and the good feedback. Um, and I'm glad that Cecilia has fans, uh, because maybe that means she'll be back on the podcast at some point as well. Um, so thank you. Um, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, it means a ton that you guys would listen in the first place. Um, but it, it means, uh, even more that you guys would, uh, choose to, um, say nice things about the podcast. Um, if I can be selfish for just one second, if you guys would, I, I so love that you guys are saying nice things about the podcast. If you guys wouldn't mind saying nice things about the podcast, maybe on like iTunes ratings, that would super help me out um, just to make sure that more people uh, find the podcast. Um, and then those people could say nice things about the podcast too. And then I could just feel great all the time. So um, I don't often ask for favors, but maybe I'll ask for that one uh, if you guys are willing to do that. So um, enough about me. Oh, one more thing. Um I do definitely still have uh, stickers coming. Um, I'm committing right now to ordering them this week. So by next episode, I'll be able to tell you um, how much they are, uh, when you can get your uh, little pause on them. Um, and then I'm just going to sit by the 
I was going to say sit by the phone, but I'm not giving out my phone number to order them. Uh, so I'll sit by my email uh, and just wait for the orders to roll in, guys. Um, so I'm really excited about this. Um, it's it's just cool to have uh, you know the branding on a sticker. Um, so I'm excited about that as well. But um, just uh, looking forward to some of the cool things we'll be able to do with this. Um, I'm, I'm very, very excited. So stay tuned. Uh, next episode, I will have that information for you. So I know you guys are chomping at the bits to get those stickers. Um, they're coming. Don't worry. Um, and then I have, uh, man, I feel like I'm just teasing everyone today. I have two things um, that I want to start doing. Uh, so I have two things for you guys at the end of the podcast that I think you guys are going to like as well. Um, and I want to I want to do this um, regularly, hopefully every week. So uh, stay tuned for that too. Okay. Um, I think it's time to get into this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, guys. I'm, I think I'm feeling myself today. Um, I'm in a weird mood uh, and we're going to push through. So um, I want to talk about today. The title of this week's episode is What Good Does It Do? And um, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to quote the Bible this week. What? Um, but, uh, so if, if you have listened to the podcast, um, fairly regularly, I feel like, uh, I, my position on religion in general, um, has, has been made pretty clear, but, uh, especially, you know, the Bible, um, and, and traditional, uh, I guess, Christianity, um, you could call it. Um, I don't have a ton of use for organized religion, uh, these days. Um, and for a very long time, I had no use for the Bible itself. Um, and just in, in recent years, I've sort of rediscovered, um, a value in it. Um, not in the way that it, it used to, uh, I think, I don't think about it the same way that I used to, but, um, I, I do still think that the Bible is a, is a valuable book. Um, I think it, it contains a lot of timeless wisdom. Um, and I think it can be a very constructive and, and positive force. Um, if, if we are reading it correctly. So don't get me wrong. I know there are accounts of terrible, terrible things, uh, in the Bible and, um, seemingly, you know, commands for, you know, us, you and me in, in modern day, you know, America and and across the world to do terrible things. Um, and that's an incorrect reading. And so I'm not going to get into all that, uh, in this episode, I probably will talk about that at some point, but suffice it to say, um, I have, I have sort of, uh, just in recent years, I have a newfound sort of respect and value, um, of the Bible. So, um, so I am going to quote the Bible today. Um, and, uh, I want to talk about, um, what good does it do? So here's the verse, um, I want to look at today. Uh, it's Philippians four, eight. It's probably pretty familiar. If, if you're familiar with the Bible at all, it's probably familiar to you already. Uh, but it says this in the ESV. Finally, brothers, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's a very long list, so I'll read it one more time. 
Finally, brothers, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Um, and that is a very, very uh, long-winded, I guess, way of saying, hey, uh, maybe think about the way you're living and the things you're doing and whether or not they're actually doing any good, whether or not they're constructive, um, whether or not they're healthy. Uh, and then one more quote. This is from W.H. Auden, um, who is a uh, world-renowned poet, um, has since passed away, I think, in the 70s. Um, but he said this, we are here on earth to do good to others. What the others are here for, I do not know. Um, and if, you, if you're familiar with his poetry at all, that that is entirely um, just right in his wheelhouse. Um, very pithy and very uh, um, clever. Um, but both of these things, so I, I've, been, I've been doing a lot of reading lately. Um, and I've been thinking about empathy a lot lately. Uh, and perspective. Um, uh, my good friend Evan and I uh, had a very good talk about perspective um, on, I think, what I'm going to refer to from here on out as the lost episode of the podcast. Evan will be back. Um, but um, just a, a few ideas that have been sort of rolling around in my head. Um, and then one day I was, I was kind of thinking about all this and I was thinking about um, about perspective in particular, but I was thinking about uh, how everyone sort of has their own, um, prejudices and viewpoints, uh, and just sort of worldview and the framework through which they view the world. And I was thinking, um, I have that, uh, and I, I don't think it's avoidable. Um, I think everybody has that to an extent, but I was, I was thinking about the fact that everybody has these sort of predispositions to, to think or act, uh, in a certain way. And that's, you know, based on genetics and how people were raised and culture and, you know, all kinds of experiences and all kinds of things. But I was, I was thinking about mine specifically, um, because mine is the only experience that I can really honestly reflect on. And I was thinking, um, I just, I have, uh, again, it's, it's unavoidable, but like I, I have gut reactions about how I react to certain things. Like I'll read a news story or I'll see a video or, uh, somebody will just say something in conversation. And it's, it's weird because I like, I'm, I'm very conscious of how I think and act already because I like, I'm sort of in this, uh, state of flux, I guess you could call it. Um, and have been for, uh, man, I don't even know how long. Um, and so I, like, I'm just constantly in the state of change I feel. And, uh, so I'm just, I'm always very aware. I, like I, I sort of am in the state of, of like observing myself, uh, which sounds weird. Um, it's a, that's a, it, man, not to be that guy, but that's a very Zen. It's a very Zen. Um, it's a Zen principle and uh, like a Zen philosophy that you, like you are not your thoughts. You're not your mind. You're the observer of that. And so, you can kind of rise above it and, and view things dispassionately and then make better decisions and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm not saying that's me. I'm just saying that's a, it's a Zen philosophy. Um, and it's one that I, I think is very interesting. And, and I've sort of found myself in that state, um, often, uh, from time to time. And so, um, I'll hear something or see something and I'll have this gut reaction. It'll be just my first initial knee jerk response or, or thought, um, and then 
my usually my very next thought is that's interesting. Why did I? Why do I think that? Um, and more times than I care to admit, the answer is I don't really know why I think that. I it's just what I was handed. It's just what I grew up with. It's how I was taught culturally uh, and otherwise that you respond in that situation or what you think about this thing. So um, sort of taking that information in then and and looking at it again as as the observer of all of this and trying to figure out, okay, well, if I don't really know why I'm reacting that way and it's really just because, you know, that's sort of what was passed to me, um, maybe there's a better way to think about this or maybe I don't really think this at all um, and so then I just sort of, I try to follow, um, you know, logic all the way through the situation and, you know, think it all the way through and see if that really is how I feel, um, or maybe I should feel differently. So, um, anyway, all that to say, um, there's, so I, I've been thinking about all this, uh, and perspective and all this, all this kind of stuff, um, empathy and, um, and then I, I was, all, all this was sort of running through my head one day. I don't even remember what I was doing. I think it was uh, cleaning or something. I don't remember exactly what I was doing. But I I then had the thought, what good is any of that doing me, though? Or anybody else for that matter. Um, and so we often, we use the phrase, we've all heard it, uh, you know, what good is that going to do? Um, and usually we're using it in reference to uh, like we're using it to excuse inaction on our part um, because we're assuming nothing could possibly change anyway, which is a whole episode in and of itself. We'll probably get to that at some point too. But I, I've been thinking about that phrase in an entirely different light recently. Um, and that is in like the literal sense, what good is that going to do? What good is that doing? Um, and and then I started wondering, like, when when is the last time I actually stopped to think what good I'm doing by anything that I'm doing, um, whether it's by, you know, what I think or how I'm reacting uh, or my predispositions or my, you know, assumptions or my worldview. Um, what good is any of that actually doing for anyone um, or myself? Um, and then I thought, how, how many people in the world are, are thinking about like how many other people are thinking about this? Um, and you know, I like, man, I feel like I say this every week too, but we like TV is so full of like, of, of just it's the worst news. Um, the new, we call it the news. It's should be called bad news because it's, it's mostly just terrible things. Uh, it's like the worst, you know, and it's always like at night, like right before you go to bed, it's like the worst bedtime stories ever. Um, you know, like you turn on the TV and they're like, Hey, you know, 50 people died today. And you know, this person went to jail for this and can't trust the phone company and like whoever else, you know, and then, you know, you turn off the TV and you're supposed to go to bed after that. Um, just thinking that the world is a terrible place and everybody's out to get you. Um, and, We've, we've got so much more access to information now and human psychology is just geared towards remembering bad news, bad things, negative things uh, much more easily than we remember good. 
that's a product of our evolution uh, and our survival instinct. And um, so we've, we've got all this at play. And I, f- I feel like in the midst of all this sort of like chaos and cacophony of just terrible news and, you know, people, you know, telling you uh, everything that's wrong with the world. Um, I, I feel like it leaves us very little room to stop and reflect on our own life and our own contributions to all of this. Um, and so we sort of get caught up in this just frenzy of, uh, you know, uh, what, you know, what did Trump do now? And, um, or if, you know, if you're a Trump supporter, you know, what is the, you know, fake news (laughs) saying about Trump now? And, um, you know, what did this politician say? What did that celebrity say? You know, oh my gosh, I can't believe Roseanne said this. Um, and so we get caught up in that and we're, we're failing to stop and consider and reflect on, what good am I doing in this situation? What good is me, you know, arguing about this? What good is me yelling about this doing? What actual good is any of what I'm doing doing uh, for anyone or myself? Um, So that's, that's what I've been thinking about uh, recently. And I'm not, this is not me preaching to everyone else um, on the other side of this microphone. This is me grouping us all together and saying, are we doing this? Because it doesn't feel like we are we. Um, so I wrote down a few things, um, that I just, I want to pull out as, as examples. Um, I have a couple, uh, cool things that I want to share here. Um, yeah. And then we'll wrap this up and hopefully, uh, we're just going to solve all the world's problems tonight. Um, call it quits. Uh, I'll send you guys some stickers and we'll just, everything will be great. So, um, so just a few thoughts here. Um, Number one, and again, remember, I'm, I'm including myself in all of this, I promise, okay? Um, what good is our apathy doing? And that's heavy right off the bat, but um, again, we, it's, it's so easy. I'm guilty of it myself. I do it most of the time, if I'm honest. It's so easy to get into this mode of uh, life is just sort of happening to me, and Um, you know, Monday through Friday, this is what time I get up and this is what time I make it to work. And this work is what I do from, you know, nine to five. And then I go home and usually I get home, you know, at this time. And then usually from this time to this time, you know, I do this and I eat and maybe I do one or two other things and I go to bed then I do it all over again the next day. And then on the weekends, you know, maybe I sleep in a little bit. I get some chores done, um, try to be a little bit productive, you know, and then, got to rest up and gear up for, you know, Monday. Cause it's right around the corner and then it's, you know, back to the grind. And, and it's so easy because the human mind really, really, really likes to switch off as much as it possibly can. It's really easy to get into this sort of autopilot mode where we're just sort of taking life as it comes. And we're not really reflecting a ton on how we're spending our time, what we're doing, um, and what's happening around us and the control that we have over our own life uh, and, you know, the circumstances around us. So what good is our apathy doing? And in a literal sense, what good is that doing? Uh, And so when we get in this autopilot mode and we're sort of just shutting out because it's, listen, I get it. Like seriously, the news and, you know, social media and everything, when you have so much information being just shoved in your face all the time. It is probably 
it's healthy to an extent to shut all of that off and just say, I can't dwell on any of this. It's too much. Um, so I get it. And that's healthy to an extent. But on the other hand, we're all living on this earth together and we're all connected because we are all humans. And whether I like to think about it or not, the things I do and the way I live does affect the other humans that I live on this earth with. So while it's good for me to shut my brain off to some of that periodically so that I can preserve my own sanity and health to an extent, um, it's, it's not, I'm not doing any good for anybody by being in that mode all the time. Um, hopefully that makes sense. Uh, next, what good are our words doing? What actual good are our words doing? Um, I, I mentioned right at the, the top of the podcast, how, how much it, it means to me. And it really does that, that people not only will listen to the podcast, but then would choose to go out of the way to send me a message, um, you know, to say something when they see me, to call me up, you know, whatever the case may be, comment and tell me, you know, how much they enjoyed the episode, what they liked about it. Um, you know, just like all of that is, is so helpful. Um, and it's so, it's sad, but it's so out of the ordinary that it just, it, it's elating, um, when things like that happen. And, and, um, it just, it really does mean more than I could possibly express, but that is, there's so much good being done and it's so easy. Words are so easy. I'm doing it right now. We do it all the time. I'm talking, I'm, I'm forming words. And, um, in case you didn't know, again, you're listening to this. So maybe you didn't know you were listening to somebody form words over and over in strings called sentences, but that's what I'm doing. You learned something today. Um, man, what, what mood is this today? Um, I just totally lost my train of thought words. Okay. So, uh, those, those words are, are doing good. Hopefully the words I'm, I'm speaking right now, other than that weird rabbit trail just a second ago, hopefully I'm doing good, uh, with my words right now. But since words are so easy to say, um, it's also really, really easy, uh, to either not think about how we're using them or, or horribly misuse them. Um, and you know, the, you know, growing up, we, most of us probably heard the, you know, the, uh, whatever you want to call it, the little sing song rhyme thing, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Um, and I am here to tell you that I have, I said that so many times when I was a kid, um, guys, listen, I'm gonna let you in on a secret. I was not always as cool and smooth as I am today. Um, you know, 10 year old Josh was a, a total and complete dork. Um, and so I had my fair share of teasing and bullying when I was a kid. And so I said that a lot, um, which probably just made people bully me more now that I'm thinking about it. But, um, it absolutely was not true. It was a lie. Uh, cause those words did hurt and they still do. Listen, if we're honest, words hurt. Um, and you know, the degree to which they hurt sort of depends on, I guess, people's personalities and things. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like I've developed sort of a thick skin, uh, in my adulthood, but words still hurt. Um, and it's really easy 
to to do that. It's and it's really you know what it's it's really really easy to kind of say things offhandedly without even thinking about them that are hurtful or at the very least dismissive. Um, and you know just not consider how those are affecting the people that are receiving them. Um, I uh, there's a podcast that. It, <laughs> newsflash i listen to podcasts there's a podcast i listen to called spellbound um and uh it's it's uh created and hosted by a, a guy named julian smith um who is an old school youtuber um you probably have seen some of his videos he's hilarious um but his new podcast is called spellbound and he said the reason he called it spellbound is that words are spells uh that we cast on each other and he thinks that idea is fascinating Um, and so, you know, recording a podcast is essentially casting a spell on, you know, people who listen to it. And, and these words are going to evoke, you know, thoughts, uh, hopefully action, um, at some point, but at the very least thoughts, maybe some emotion. Um, and it's, it's going to change the way you think at least for a very brief period of time. Um, and I think that's fascinating too. And so, it's really easy for us to cast the wrong kind of spells with our words. Um, and so just, can we just consider what good our words are actually doing next? Um, and this is a, this is a huge one. This is one I think about often. Um, and when I heard this, it blew my freaking mind. So buckle in what good is retaliation doing? What good is retaliation doing? Okay, guys, are you ready? I don't want to make anybody mad, but we're going to, we're going to dig into this a little bit and you're probably thinking, oh my God, Josh is a hippie and you know, whatever goes along with that. I don't really know where I was going with that, but, um, so just hang tight. So, um, there is, uh, there is this idea that is called the myth of redemptive violence. Um, and it basically says this violence when repaid with violence begets more violence. And so when violence is done unto someone or a group of people, and that group of people says, okay, violence was done to us. So naturally, in order to balance things out, we need to uh, do an act of violence to whomever did it to us first. Uh, And so they do that. And assuming that the balance is, is now perfect, things are harmonious again, and, you know, things have been sort of repaid, it's tit for tat and everybody's good. But then on the other side, they say, oh, well, they just were violent to us. And so we're going to be violent back. Um, And this is the story of humans for millennia. Um, It's the story of every war that has ever been fought. Um, And I'm not saying that there's never any good reason to go to war. Although my, my brain goes a million places, um, on that subject as well. But, um, 
the the myth of redemptive violence is exactly that i think um you know i man again on the last episode lost episode with uh evan uh we talked a little bit about this uh just briefly and um our so, so if you're listening to this podcast outside of america um I live in America and so this is my experience. And so that's what I talk about. But in America we have, you know, a drone strike program. And so we use unmanned aerial vehicles to drop bombs, uh, and kill enemy combatants with that though, uh, with almost every drone strike comes, uh, pretty significant collateral damage and civilian loss of life. Um, and in military terms, that is called acceptable loss which blows, it blows my mind that anyone could say that innocent lives being taken is acceptable loss, but that is a military term. Um, and intellectually I understand it. Uh, but I, I think about this often, you know, we like in, in America, we we are being told all the time about the terrorists and how we're fighting the war on terror, which is an absurd concept. You can't fight a war on a idea. Um, but you know, we're fighting the war on terror and we're wiping out the terrorists. And so these drone strikes are, are designed to wipe out terror terrorist cells and, you know, training camps and whatever the case may be. Um, and with every single one, we're killing civilians. So then I think, what if I was one of the civilians in that country in, in which terrorists are being bombed and I happen to live down the street from where this bombing took place and one of my close friends or my brother or sister or my parents or just somebody I was close to um, was killed in, in one of those strikes. Would I consider that acceptable loss to wipe out quote unquote terrorists? Probably not. And would I be more likely then to be radicalized and want to fight against the people that uh, did you know, that bombing. Um, and again, the answer is probably yes. So, um, then it begs the question, are we creating more terrorists? Um, every time we bomb them, um, and I'm not a military expert. So, you know, I'm, I'm, if some, listen, if somebody's listening to this and you have some intelligent insight for me on this subject, I'm happy to hear it. I, I don't have hard and fast formed opinions on this. This is just sort of the, the path my mind takes when I'm thinking about some of this stuff. Um, but violence begets violence. I think if, if we've learned anything in our human history over the millennia, it's that. And we're so bad at learning from our own history. Um, it's, it's just, it's baffling to me. So here's, here's what I want to talk about here. Um, so again, guys, we're talking about, we're talking about the Bible a lot today. I'm in Bible mode today. I'm sorry for anybody that hates that, but, um, tune in next time. I'm sure I'll be talking from, uh, is there a satanic Bible? I think there is. I'm probably not going to talk from that. I don't own one, but, um, it, it won't always be Bible. It's my point. Uh, so, but one thing I want to talk, I want to talk about, um, there's a story about Jesus in the new Testament and I don't remember offhand where it's, where it's from, but, um, 
Jesus is is talking about this idea um, and the myth of redemptive violence, although he doesn't use that phrase. And he's talking about, you know, violence begets violence and how he's he's suggesting sort of a new way to think and a new look, G, whatever you think about Jesus or the Bible or Christianity or, or whatever the case may be, Jesus uh, was an amazing person. He was revolutionary and radical in his time. Uh, and he was dangerous um, because he was trying to help people see that there was a better way to be in the world, um, which I hope is what we're doing with this podcast. But uh, so he's talking about some of these ideas. And um, so this is where the, the again, everyone's probably heard this phrase, but this is where the phrase turn the other cheek comes from. And so he says, you know, if, if someone comes up, <clears throat> excuse me, and smites you on your left cheek, um, turn the other, you know, turn the other cheek again or something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but basically turn the other cheek. And so I was taught growing up, I think most of us probably have taken this to mean, um, well, you, you know, don't, don't hit back, you know, no matter what, don't be violent back, you know, let somebody hit you twice, uh, before, you know, you, you retaliate and hit somebody back. Um, and just sort of this very like powerless victim mindset, this, this puts you in of, if somebody's going to be violent to you, no matter what, you can't be violent back. And so you just, you gotta, you know, you gotta basically say, you know, thank you, sir. May I have another, uh, on the other cheek. And so here's, um, here's where this gets interesting. Um, and sorry, I think I said on the left cheek, but, uh, I, I think it's the right. Anyway, let me, it matters. And let me explain why in Jewish culture. Um, when, when Jesus was performing his ministry, there was this understanding of a, 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 a very divided caste society. Um, and everyone just sort of knew their place and everybody, you know, performed their roles. Um, and it was just sort of the way things were. And so there was, there was upper caste and, and lower caste and there was, you know, sort of in the middle, but everyone was aware of sort of how they ranked compared to everyone else. Um, and one of the traditions in their, the culture back in the day was that, uh, if you were in a higher caste than someone else and you were having a disagreement or, you know, the, the cause arose and you were going to strike this person, there were two ways to strike someone. There was with a closed fist. Uh, and so that would be, you know, with the right hand, only ever with the right hand, the left hand was, you know, even, even somebody that you were going to strike, you would not do it with the left hand ever because, um, this is the, the left hand is, is unclean. It's what they would use, um, for lack of a better term to wipe themselves, um, and clean themselves, bathe themselves, whatever. So the left hand was considered unclean. You would not ever touch anyone no, no matter if you were angry with them or fighting with them or not, you would not touch someone with your left hand. Um, so there were two acceptable ways to hit people, to strike people back in this time. And it was with a closed fist. And so that'd be, you know, with the right hand. Um, so from your right to your left, which would be from their left to their right. So I think I maybe had it right the first time. Um, so if I was going to hit somebody with a right hook, I would hit them on their left cheek, um, you know, across the face. The other way, um, if you were lower in a lower cast, um, 
than than somebody else, or if, or if you were treating someone as an equal. So if you were if you if you knew that you ranked above somebody, you would hit them with a closed fist on the you know the left side of the face. If you were treating somebody as an equal, or maybe even you know above you, then you would hit them with the back of your right hand um, across the face, and so you'd hit them on the right cheek. Um, and so you know to your left, their right, and so you'd smack them with the back of your hand on the right cheek across. So this is, I promise this is all important information. So here's the situation that Jesus is setting up. Now, also remember during this time, the Jews were under uh, Roman rule. Um, Rome was the uh, prevailing superpower of the day. They basically ruled the known world. Uh, And so the Jews were occupied at the time by the Romans. And uh, this was a huge problem. And this was definitely on um, everyone's mind. Uh, and so, um, this, this is also why the Jews called Jesus the King of the Jews, uh, because they were hoping what he was there for was to start a revolution and take back their homeland from the occupying forces and lead them in a revolution. And that was not the idea that Jesus had at all. Um, and that's evidence in the story. But so the, the idea that he's, Jesus is setting up here is, if someone walks up to you and strikes you on the left cheek, meaning they are saying, I am higher than you. I'm in charge of you. I am better than you. You are not my equal. You are below me. Um, and so this would be, you know, a Roman soldier um, or, you know, in this time there was also uh, a, a higher cast of Jews that had sort of sold out um, to the occupying forces and so we're oppressing their own people in service of the Romans. Um, and so they were hated as well. So in this scenario, if somebody is saying you are beneath me and they strike you on the, the left cheek with a closed fist, Jesus is saying, turn the other cheek. Now let's think about this again in, in this situation, you're standing face to face with someone and you've just struck them with a closed fist on their left cheek. If they turn their other cheek to you, there's really no way to strike them in that cheek easily with that closed fist again, because it's on the other side of their face. And so the way to do that would have been again with the back of the hand across that cheek, the right cheek, which would be saying, you are my equal, which is entirely against the the whole point in the first place if you're the person striking the other person so when jesus was saying man i hope this isn't boring i think this is fascinating uh but maybe it's boring to other people what jesus is saying here it's it's not just this helpless victim uh idea of you know you just got to take it you're this is who you are and this is the better way to be and you just have to take it no it's much more subversive and powerful than that. It is entirely changing the situation and entirely changing the power structure and saying, okay, hit me again, but this time do it on this cheek. And so that person appearances were very important at this time. And so that person has two choices at this point. You are basically daring them to strike you again. And so the the person doing the striking has two choices at this point. One is to walk away, which makes them look weak. 
Two is to strike you on that cheek with the back of their hand, which is marking you as their equal at least. And so in both of these scenarios, the instigator loses. And this this is also what's known as third way thinking, um, which Jesus was was famous for in his day. Um, he would often answer a question with a question or entirely change the direction of of uh, the the path of logic that was being followed um, or just bring an entirely new idea into a conversation that was being considered already. Um, and this is called third way thinking. And it is it's the idea that situations are not uh you know, this or that they're not, you know, dualistic thinking is not the only way to do things. Um, and if we're creative enough and if we are present and aware enough, there are other ways to handle things. And this is an example of that. And so what is happening here is actually the person who is being struck is taking the power back and has now become the controller of the situation, which is, crazy and all this person has done is turn the other cheek a very simple action but whether this is a roman soldier excuse me whether this is a roman soldier um or you know just a fellow jew uh or you know whomever this is this is a way non-violently to take the power back to to um to, to really lean into your own humanity and value and dignity and say, no matter how you treat me, I'm not finding my identity in that um, because I am valuable. I am worth something and I'm going to take the power back. Um, and this, I, this is just one example, but this is why Jesus was crucified. He was dangerous because when you start, you know, when, when there's there, man, when, when a people has been oppressed, um, and sort of under the boot of, uh, you know, a, a, a occupying force for so long, you, you start as, as part of that oppressed nation, you start feeling, um, dehumanized. You start feeling subhuman or, or worthless or powerless, and so when you have somebody spreading ideas like this and, and sort of teaching people, Hey, it doesn't have to be this way. And you don't have to be violent back in order to take the power back. There are other ways. And this is extremely powerful. It's, it's dangerous. Um, and it has to be stopped. So this is why he was crucified. But, um, man, I like it, this just, <laughs> this blew my mind when I learned this, but, um, shout out to Rob Bell, um, because I haven't done it yet. Uh, he, this is where I learned this, but, um, so all this to say, going back to retaliation, what good is retaliation doing? Uh, let's look, let's just look at it just purely honestly. Okay. Nobody else knows what you're doing at the moment. Nobody else knows what you think, what you're thinking. So let's just all be honest at the very least with ourselves. Okay. What good is retaliation actually doing? What good is it doing when, you know, going back to words, when somebody says something that's, uh, you know, hurtful or unkind, um, to you 
and then you fire something right back in hopes of hurting that person as much as you've just been hurt. And I'm not saying words of violence. That's a whole other thing too. I'm just saying in that case, what, what good is your retort? What good is that retaliation doing? It's not, it's not, it's not doing that. It's certainly not doing that person any good, but it's not doing you any good either. You, you might feel better for a second, but all you're doing is leaning into the idea that an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth is just the way things have to be. Um, and look where that's gotten us so far. Um, you know, when, when somebody's rude to you or, uh, you know, when you get screwed or, you know, just whatever, look, whatever the case may be, we, I'm positive. We all have a story or two, at least of a time when we were treated unjust, unjustly, unfairly, uh, or we were made to feel, you know, less than valuable or less than human. And we would like nothing more than to, than to inflict that same thing or more on the person or persons who caused us to feel that way. And if we could just take a step back and think, okay, it might make me feel better for a second or maybe longer. What good is it actually doing? It's not doing those people any good. It's really not doing me any good. It's not, it's not advancing my life. It's not enriching my life. There's nothing positive happening here. All that's happening. We think, um, is that we're balancing the scale. Uh, but that's not the way it works because violence begets violence. Retaliation begets retaliation. Um, and it just doesn't stop. And so what happens if one of those parties says, I'm not playing this game anymore. It's regrettable that you feel like you need to act this way. It's hurtful. And now I have to deal with the fact that you did that to me. But I, at the very least, am going to consider what this would be doing in the grand scheme of things to make things better. And I'm not going to react in kind. And that's difficult. And it takes a much bigger person to do that. But it's so much more healthy for everyone. Um, For everyone, man. (sighs) Okay. That was a big one. Next. What good is our money doing? Um, and I, uh, guys, I said, I was, I was saying all this to myself just as much as I'm saying it to anybody else. I buy comic books every week. Um, the, the, what I'm paying my weekly haul is usually around 20 bucks a week. Um, you know, 20 bucks a week times, you know, 52 weeks a year. Um, somebody's probably much better and faster at math than I am. Uh, and knows what that total is right now. If I stopped to think about it, I probably would know too, but I'm not going to stop and think about it because I don't like math. Um, but that's a decent chunk of money every year that could be used for other things. Um, and I, I'm not saying we all need to like give up our hobbies and never spend money on anything except you know charity and helping other people. We'd all go crazy. We have to, again, we all have to stay healthy and take care of ourselves and have some decompression and, and ways to sort of you know, let out whatever it is that needs to be let out. 
but um, I, I have been thinking a lot lately. So I, I grew up in church and, and very religious. And so tithing was a thing that we were taught uh, was you, you had, it's a command from God. And so you have to do it. And so you have to pay your tithe to your church every week. And it's 10% of you know your increase, whatever you make. Um, and you know, then there's offerings on top of that and offerings was whatever you felt like you should give, but you know, that's how, you know, the ministry of God is, is furthered and that's how we keep the lights on and that's how we do what we're doing, do the good we're doing or whatever. Um, this is all based on an, an old Testament model where there were priests that were not allowed to have any other occupation other than being priests and whose occupation was a full-time occupation because they were constantly slaughtering animals and sacrificing animals and, and doing all kinds of things. So they didn't have time to make a living for themselves. And so this is a way for them to be supported um, by the people that they were serving. Um, and it's a completely different dynamic in 2018 than it was in the Old Testament. That's a whole other thing too. But um, this, the idea, I think, um, is is sound. And that is that we should be thinking at least from time to time what what good our money is doing um and you know if if we have a little bit extra where we could put that to try and help uh every now and then um i I mentioned last week um i think when i was talking to cecilia on the podcast that uh you know like when when something comes sort of just across my path um that I feel like I can help out with. I, I like to, it makes me feel like I'm doing some good. Um, and it's so easy. Um, and I, I'm fortunate enough now, uh, at this point in my life to have a little bit extra money from time to time that I can do things like that with. And I know not everybody's in that position, so I'm not I'm really not trying to make anybody feel bad or guilty. Um, I'm just saying this is a thing to consider, um, because not everyone in the world is, you know, working a full-time job and not everyone in the world has the same opportunities. Um, and sometimes people just need help. Um, so just something to think about what good is our money doing next? What good is our time doing much like money? We all spend time doing things that, that aren't the most productive. Um, and maybe we could use our time, uh, to do some good. Um, next, what good are our opinions doing? I don't feel like I have to say a lot more here. Um, what good are they doing? <laughs> uh, next, what good is our perspective doing? Same thing here. Um, if if you feel like your perspective is not super constructive, if it's not helping you or anybody else, really, if, if we're looking at this honestly, maybe it's time to change it. What good is our judgment doing? I was just talking to somebody about judgment today um, and how I appreciated that this person is not judgmental. Um, and... So one more story from the Bible here. Um, I, I I promise this is the last story. I think I think this is the last story from the Bible today. I think this is the last story from the Bible today, guys. So smooth sailing after this, okay? Um, there's a story in the Bible, again, in the New Testament, um, again, involving Jesus. Um, I'm a fan of Jesus, by the way, um, if you couldn't tell. There's a story in the Bible about a, a man and a prostitute that were caught in the act of having sex. And so of course it being the time that it was, um, and the culture was so misogynistic. Um, and that's an understatement. The man was let go. 
but the woman was to be stoned because she was unclean. She was a prostitute. That's what you did. Now, if you're not familiar with this term, to be stoned means to literally be tied to a post or something. And then people would pick up rocks, really, really big rocks, as big as they could pick up and still be able to throw them. And then people would throw rocks at you until you died. Great way to go. Um, and it was well within citizens' rights to stone someone who was found in a situation like this. There was there were stonable offenses, um, which that's a strange phrase, but uh, it was well within their rights. This was a commonplace thing. Nobody would have thought twice about a prostitute being stoned in the street and then you know taken to um, Gehenna, which is where basically their their garbage dump um, and and being thrown in and, and burned up. Um, so that was what was going to happen here. Jesus happens to be you know kind of coming by right when when this is all going on. And so there's a there's a gathering of you know the religious elite um, that are going to be doing the stoning uh, surrounding this woman. And so Jesus walks up and he says, um, well, first there are some bizarre things, uh, in the Bible. Surprise, surprise. Um, but the bizarre, there's a bizarre thing about this story that I, I always wonder why it's included because, well, I'll just tell you. So Jesus walks up and he starts writing in the dirt. Um, and it doesn't say what he wrote in the dirt. We never know. It's not told to us what he was writing in the dirt. So basically, in this very tense situation, you have a revolutionary uh, figure at the time walks up, bends down, and just starts doodling in the dirt. For all we know, he was drawing pictures. Just freaking weird. Okay. And then he stands up and sort of addresses this crowd of religious elite. And he simply says something along the lines of, let he who is without sin throw the first stone. And again, this is, this is an example of his sort of creative um, thinking when it came to dealing with situations and diffusing tense situations and really just exploring new ideas um, outside of this sort of dualistic uh, mindset that most people had back then. So he just says, let he who's without sin throw the first stone. And so the religious elite now are put in a position of, well, I can't say that I'm without sin because then everyone would know that I'm lying and a hypocrite. And so that's no good. But this woman definitely deserves to be stoned according to our culture and law. So if I don't stone her, then, you know, we're outside the law there too. So what am I supposed to do? So immediately Jesus turns the tables, changes the entire power dynamic. And one by one, this crowd of religious elite men start to disperse until there's no one left because none of them could say in front of all of the rest, I am without sin. I'll throw the first stone. So they all disperse. They're gone. Only the woman is left. And Jesus walks up to her and is very kind to her. 
and is not judgmental to her at all and basically just tells her, Hey, you know, your accusers aren't here anymore. You know, you're, you're free to go. Just you're, you're fine. Um, and I, I also often think about that woman, um, and what she must have felt or thought or how, how that one experience changed her life from there on out. But that's not the point. The point is, um, it, it would have been easy. It would have been commonplace and it would have been well within the bounds of their cultural standards and this, the standard of the law for Jesus to allow this stoning to happen and for Jesus to even condemn this woman himself um, for you know what she was caught doing. And nobody would have would have fought that. Nobody would have thought anything about it. It was just how things were. Um, but Jesus is showing here, you know what? Okay, fine. You, so you catch a prostitute in the act, you stone her. Everyone goes their way. What good did we just do? None. What good does it do? If you are religious, what good does it do to, to pass judgment on anyone who's not? What good does it do to judge, you know, that, that quote unquote lazy ass bum that's quote unquote begging for money on the street corner. You don't know his story. You don't know why he's there. What good does it do to man? I'm guys, I'm, I'm sticking the knife in my own back here. What good does it do to judge that single mom with her kid at the movie theater? That's making all kinds of noise. What good is that doing really at the end of the day? None. It's not doing me any good. It's certainly not doing her any good. Um, so maybe there's a better way is I, I think all I'm saying here. Um, so what good is our judgment doing next? Um, and this, I guess might make some people mad too. Um, but I think it should be included on the list. What good is our religion doing? Um, so just real quick, this is, this is something else that crossed my mind the other day. If listen, if you are very involved in a church, if you're very involved in a religion and it is, it's a positive force in your life and other people's lives. And it's, it's been a very healthy thing for you. More power to you. I am so happy that you have found something that worked. Stick with it. I'm I'm very, very glad that you have found some peace and comfort in something um, that is that is doing positive things for you. I'm I'm I genuinely I I'm not saying this sarcastically, genuinely very happy for you. My question is, what good, what actual good is our religion doing? Now the way I grew up, we were very religious. Um, we, I was at church multiple times a week, usually at least three, actually usually more than that. Um, the, the phrase that was used all the time is anytime the doors are open, you should be there. Um, and I was because my dad was a pastor. Um, and so we were very religious um, and our church, you know, was very churchy. Uh, and so we did all the things we followed all the rules. 
all that good stuff. Um, and yet, looking back on it, we weren't doing any good. Really. We weren't helping any people that were less fortunate. We were not um, providing uh, sort of a, a way forward for for anyone that was looking for answers or help. We were not doing just even the dumb practical stuff. We weren't doing food drives. We weren't donating to local charities. We weren't helping out local shelters. We weren't we weren't doing any of that. All we were doing was bringing people to church and telling them, Hey, you're wrong. This is the right thing. Uh, be like us. Okay. Now go home and come back next week or else you're not religious enough. Um, and I, I, I feel like it's, that's an easy sort of, uh, uh, that's an easy sort of, of, of rut for religion, religion to fall in. To. Um, so just very simply, uh, what good is our religion doing? Um, and if the answer is it's not, maybe it's fine to find, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's time to find something else. Um, or at the very least find a different one. Um, if religion is truly a way for man to communicate with the creator or God, or whatever you want to call it, then it should also be a a structure in which, or a place in which you can learn how to help your fellow human. Sort of just makes sense. So that's all I have to say on that. What good is our religion doing? Um, and so asking all these questions and more, you know, you could ask this about a lot of other things, but there's sort of two layers to this. What good is it doing for the world, for anyone? And what good is it doing for us? Um, I think it's important to consider both of those. Uh, and I think it's, again, this is really easy to say. It's less easy to practice. I think it's more important to consider what good it's doing for the world first a second, um, again, within reason we, you know, you need to stay healthy and take care of yourself. So what good is it doing for the world or for you? Um, and I can't help, but think about what the world would look like if all of us viewed the way we live just holistically, the, the entire way we live through a lens of what good it's actually doing for the world or for ourselves um, and how it's constructive or not. And then change course accordingly. Um, I think the world could be a lot better place uh, if we were doing that. So that is what good is it doing? Um, And I'm so happy you guys tuned in to this week's episode. Two things before we get out of here. I know this is sort of a long episode already, um, but uh, something I want to do at the end of every episode um, because I've, I've been thinking a lot about how we can make this practical and sort of like take this into the world. Uh, cause this is all well and great. We can talk about all this and, and you, know, you guys can agree with me or not agree with me, you know, all we want every week. Um, but until we start and still until we start practicing some of this and kind of taking it out into the world and putting action to some of this, it's, 
it's really just, it's not, again, it's not doing any good. Um, so two things I want to do, uh, first I want to highlight a good human of the week. Um, and I kind of, I just want to tell you guys about somebody that I found out about that's doing good stuff. Um, and maybe you can go in and look this person up, um, and, and find out more about them, maybe even, you know, help them do whatever they're doing. And then, um, I want to give us a cause of the week. And I, I don't like that title, uh, of this segment or whatever that's called, uh, whatever, like whatever you want to call it. But, um, so if you guys have an idea, uh, that's a better name than cause of the week, um, hit me up. I'd love suggestions. It's what I've have for now. So first, uh, our good human of the week. I just want to tell you real quick, um, about a guy named, uh, James Harrison, um, and this is such an awesome story. I, I actually found out about this from um, a YouTuber I watched named Philip DeFranco. He was talking about this gentleman. Um, James Harrison, uh, I think just turned 80. Um, sorry, 81. Uh, and he has been called the man with the golden arm. Um, and I will explain. It's not because he's a baseball boy. Um, <laughs> it's actually much, much better than that. So... Um, this man, uh, when he was 14 had to have major chest surgery. Um, and so as with any surgery, he had to have a, a very large blood transfusion. Um, and so the reason he is alive today is number one, because of the skill of his doctors during that surgery. And number two, because of blood donors, um, and, the fact that he was able to get his blood transfusion. So when he was 14, when he came out of his surgery um, and sort of, you know, learned about, you know, what he had undergone and undergone and, you know, the process of it, he vowed to become a blood donor. So for, I think over 60 years, um, he's donated blood uh, at least once a week since, uh, and has only recently retired because um, of the age he just turned. He lives in Australia the age he just turned um, in Australia, there is a cutoff for how old you can be and still give blood. And he has passed that now. Um, and so he has since had to stop um, donating blood. So already he's a remarkable human being. Um, and this, I love this story so much, but um, the story gets even better. So because of the huge blood transfusion he, he got when he was 14, it changed the, the chemical makeup of his blood. Um, and so his blood now contains antibodies that have been discovered to counteract the effects of a disease called rhesus disease, uh, which affects expectant mothers and can cause brain damage or miscarriage, um, for the, the baby. And so, uh, at some point doctors discovered, um, Short, I think shortly after he started donating blood, doctors discovered that his blood contained this antibody. And so they have since been able to make uh, medication from this. Um, and they estimate that he has saved the lives of over 2.4 million babies. Um, they say that's a low estimate. It's probably more. Um, and now that they have uh, you know, his blood, they are able to, to reproduce this and make more. Um, and so he, even now that he is not donating blood, um, he will be continuing to save babies, um, 
you know, even after he's gone, um, which I think is amazing. I'm like almost tearing up reading this and I've already heard this story. Um, this man is amazing and he is absolutely a hero. Um, and I, I very, very much encourage you to, to look him up and read his story. Um, he's such a sweet man. And there are some uh, interviews with him where he, you know, just sort of talks about his, his routine and, and why he gives blood and, and some other things. He's a funny guy. Um, if you want to, if you want to see some of it on YouTube, um, Philip DeFranco has an episode where he talks about, uh, this man, I think it's just called, we need to talk about what James Harrison did. If I'm not mistaken. Um, he's, he's an amazing human being. Um, and so I thought you guys should know about him. So look up James Harrison, uh, note here. If you look up James Harrison, there's apparently a Pittsburgh, Steelers person who just retired as well. Um, and so that's probably going to pop up. So you need to search James Harrison blood donor. Um, and then he definitely will pop up. Uh, one of the articles I found was on CNN. Again, if you want to see it on YouTube, um, it's on Philip DeFranco's channel as well. So James Harrison is our good human of the week. Um, our cause of the week. Um, I just want to mention this to you in case, you know, in case anybody out there is looking for a way um, in which they can, you know, make a difference or help. Um, I just, I, I kind of want to, I, I, I kind of want to just make sure that I am letting you guys know of opportunities I've come across, um, so that we can, you know, do some cool stuff together. If, and if you guys end up doing anything with this, um, not in a braggy way, but I, I really would love to know, um, you know, if, if you guys end up reaching out and, and helping out with this, um, I just think it'd be cool to know that our, our little community is, is, is doing some cool stuff. So, um, if you were unaware, there was recently a volcanic eruption in Guatemala. Um, and, uh, it's, it's the second eruption of this specific volcano this year. The first was non-life threatening. Um, this one was huge though. Um, and there, uh, there are estimates. It was, it was about 25 miles Southwest of Guatemala city, Guatemala city. Um, and, uh, estimates are that about 62 people have died so far. Um, and 3000 other people are in need of temporary shelter. Um, and sort of what makes this so disastrous is that it's, it's not just lava, um, and ash, but, um, what's also called pyroclastic flow, which is a combination of hot and quick moving rock and gas, um, that can sometimes travel at speeds up to like over 400 miles an hour. So if you happen to be in the area where this is happening, you, you literally have no chance to escape. Um, and it's, it's much, much, uh, quicker moving than, than like a volcanic, uh, flow would be. So the, the other piece to this is that there are uh, entire villages now that are, that are completely cut off from any sort of um, help or rescue because of this eruption. So they're saying that the, the death toll could rise uh, even further um, than, than we currently know uh, where it's at right now. So all this to say, um, I found an article on bustle.com um, that I'm going to leak leak i'm going to link in the uh the description of the podcast as well as the story about james harrison um this bustle article sort of explains what happens and then it links out to some really really good fundraisers on gofundme um it links out to one specifically and then it has a link to a list uh, of other verified campaigns uh, on gofundme um that that are are designed to help out with the humanitarian efforts in guatemala after this volcano eruption so 
if this is something you guys are interested in uh, helping out with, um, you know, I, I know I said it last week. Just it's you know, if if we're all pitching in just a few bucks, it, it really is helpful. Um, the goal with the original campaign was to raise a thousand dollars, and it's already surpassed ten thousand dollars within twenty four hours. There are other campaigns. Um, I'm sure they can use all the, the, the help they can get, though. Um, there's a lot more to do. So if this is interesting to you, check it out. It's The link is in the podcast description, um, or I'm sure you can just Google it as well. Um, but I thought this might be a, a cool way for, for our community to kind of pitch in and, and do something um, to help out our fellow humans. So, And if you have a better name for this than Cause of the Week, hit me up because I hate that, but it, it's so generic, but that's what I have for now. So, uh, that being said, that's all I have for you guys this week. Um, thank you for sticking around. This was a longer one, but, uh, I hope it was helpful. I am so, so excited to talk to some of the people that I have, uh, episodes scheduled with. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited for you guys to meet them and to hear their stories and to hear their perspectives and, and, uh, the way they think. And, um, just their their experiences I, I think those are going to be very very helpful conversations um i just selfishly i'm looking forward to talking to these people um they're some of my favorite people they're doing really really awesome stuff so stay tuned um and i'm gonna have information about stickers for you guys next week so um that's all i got thank you so so much for listening um from the bottom of my heart i i so appreciate it um okay i'm done talking uh thank you guys for listening see you next week until next time be good to each other